0: Just really happy to be here tonight, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Um, just the whole scope of tonight, I'm just super excited for it. Um, if you guys would open up your Bibles with me to Galatians 4. Galatians 4. Um, the whole topic of tonight, I'm going to name it the whole estate. I know it's a little, little spooky. The whole estate is what we're going at, all right? Open your Bibles with me Galatians 4, 1 through 11. Uh, so what I am saying is that long as heirs is under age he is no different from a slave although he owns the whole estate the heir is subject to the guardians and the trustees the time set by his father so also when he is underage we were slavery we were slaves under the elemental spiritual forces of the world but when the set time had fully come god sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption and sonship because you are his sons god sent the spirit of his son into our hearts The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved to them all over again? You have been observing special days, months, seasons, and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. That last, like, I fear that, like, I've wasted my efforts on you, like, just dug me a blow. When Eric came up to me this week, he was like, hey, Mike, any chance you could preach Galatians 4, 1 through 11? I've been actually really working on, like, delegating my time and being like, you know what? I can only go to what God has, like, given me time for. Um, and it was one of those things that I was just like, yep, I'm good. Let's do it. Um, and I had a police test today. I'm, like, booking it from Irvine back here. So like just zero time for this at all. Um, And so as I'm like diving into this this week, I'm like there has to be some reason that I committed like that quickly or the reason that God just put it on my heart um, to commit to coming here and speaking on Wednesday. Um, And as I'm reading through it, I'm sitting there and I'm reading about this adoption to sonship, the spirit that is granted upon us, the fact that God owns this whole estate and he's given this estate to us. Um, We kind of just have to like knock our heads against the wall and realize that. Um, And for me, honestly, it knocked me because it's what I'm going through right now. Um, This whole boiling down of identity, this boiling down of who we truly are, and not defined by things of today. Um, like I told you guys a couple weeks ago, um, I had a job with the Secret Service, basically. So when when I say Secret Service, you guys say ooh, and you guys say ah. All right, ready? Secret Service. Perfect. That was the exact reaction I wanted from people, as soon as I got that. Um, and so I got this conditional job offer, and I completely believe that it was God blessing it, but Him seeing and such a far greater plan. I realized like through me not getting it, obviously through time, I was like, you know, I probably would have found my identity in this. Um, this was something I was looking for the reaction of people. I was looking at a really big paycheck. So I was really excited for it. Um, and I was honestly pretty down for a little bit and was just really set on like, why, why didn't I get this? This was something I could impact so many lost people. Um, and I could do this. Why didn't, why wasn't this granted to me in a sense? Like I deserve anything. Um, But it really, as I'm diving into this, I see these beautiful verses of we have this whole estate, um, that we are heirs to the estate that God owns. Um, When we're stepping into this whole estate and the spirit that is granted upon us, that is gifted to us by God, um, I was really taking a step back and seeing what that means. We know who God the Father is. We read the Old Testament. We're like, this is amazing. We read about Jesus. And we kind of learn about the Holy Spirit as like, just the guy who kind of lets us read the Bible more. I mean, I don't think we really process, like, God, like, they're all equal in this. Um, so being able to step in and look at Old Testament God and see how powerful he is. Um, it brought me to Exodus 19, and I'll give you the brief of Exodus 19 for for brevity's sake, I guess. But it's when Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, um, and he goes up, and he tells all of his good little buddies. This is like Mike's message version. He goes up and tells all of his buddies like, hey, I'm going to go up and talk to God. And like, again, same reaction. Ooh, ah, like nobody talks to God. That's not something that they did back in those days at all. Like it was unheard of. There was ties tied to the priests to see if they died when they went to go talk to God during that time. Um, So back in Exodus 19, this is the message version. So just a little bit of You know, more simpler terms. God said to Moses, Go to the people for the next two days, get these people ready to meet the holy God. Have them scrub their clothes so that on the third day they'll be fully prepared. Because on the third day, God will come down from Mount Sinai and make his presence known to all the people. That rocked me in a way that I like wasn't prepared for, where I approach God and I'm like, Hey, I could really use this job if you'd like grant it to me. That'd be sick. By the way, thanks. Love you, dude. Peace. (laughs) Back in the Old Testament, people are preparing two full days, three full days to meet God. And when Moses says, hey, I'm going to go talk to him, they're like, who's this crazy dude? Why do you get to go talk to God? And at the end of Exodus 19, it says that people who weren't Moses are standing around Mount Sinai. And God said, if you touch this mountain, you'll die. That's how almighty this God we serve is. And when we're seeing this, how passionate Paul is about this, like, he does not want to lose this. Paul is aggravated that these people he cares so deeply for, that he, like, has said in other books to, like, be sick to the point of, like, fainting for the people he's talking to. Um, He's speaking to people just like you and me. He's speaking to teenagers who value... In their time, it was these other gods, sexual immorality, and today do the same thing. Little tin gods, as, as Paul calls them. Um, but even in today's day and age, we value, what, Instagram, our image, jobs for myself, money, all these things that we see as, like, such a high esteem, and we never really take the step back. As Paul is really trying to drill into the people of Galatians, this is really what matters in this world, is, like, encountering Christ, being just so in touch with the Holy Spirit. Um, and as we as we go on and just Paul just earnestly wanting these people to realize like before Christ even came we had inheritance that we weren't allowed to use because we didn't have we were under bondage of the law. So it's like when Christ comes all that that bondage is broken. there's no longer a law that they're under bondage. it's complete freedom. the Holy Spirit is a spirit of freedom. So you can imagine how upset Paul is. And even today when we walk up and say like hey man like I'm really just just bummed out that like I don't know I'm not I'm not a traveling YouTuber. That's a bummer. I'm real bummed out. I'm not a secret service agent. When we see these things is Paul so passionate about just getting the estate that God gave us and wanting us to so desperately step into that calling or that sonship, that adoption that truly defines us instead of those, you know, ten idols, those things that are so fleeting. Um, and when we just read the fact that, like Paul is really trying to push through this fact of sonship, when he says, "Because you are his sons, uh, in verse six, sorry, because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit, His Son, The spirit of his son into our hearts the spirit who calls out abba father this is paul really just trying to get it to these people of like do you guys know when jesus called out abba father that's at gethsemane that's when he's like at his wit's end this dude is like jesus like the man the myth not the legend not the myth like the man you know is calling out to god take this cup from me abba father which abba translates to like daddy there's like a 33 year old man going, "Daddy, please take this away from me," and this and Paul is telling us that same spirit that cried out, "Daddy," that same spirit that stepped into the courts, chucked tables around because they were messing up what was such a holy place resides in each and every one of us, and we walk around saying, "Hey, three or four years ago, hey, I'm Mike Lowry, and you know I'm going to be a Secret Service agent in the next couple of years." Or, hey, I'm Mike Lowry, sorry, I can't hang out with you guys, I'm a little anxious, that's just that's who I am. And when that scars and hurts God, more than we even know, because he's given us this sonship, he's given us this spirit, and it's like, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, you're also made an heir, an heir to that same spirit. And it brings me back even when we look at these things of comparison, jealousy, depression, anxiety, um, it brings me to, I, I have it up there, the one where it's, um, you cannot serve two masters. Mel, I think we have that one up there. Um, but in this sense of the Holy Spirit is what fully resides in you. Um, the Message Bible will say that it is your complete inheritance, So it is completely what fills you up. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is speaking to any idol of today. This is speaking to Instagram. This is speaking to jobs. This is speaking to money itself. There isn't a spot for the Holy Spirit and for you to absolutely idolize something else. God wants everything of you or none of you. He doesn't want this two-part way of saying, hey, I'm going to come there on Sunday. I'm going to love you on Sunday. But, you know, throughout the work week, I'm going to strive to get this extra dollar. Um, And not saying those things can't be blessed by God, but honestly, he's not going to fight you for it. Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to fight you to love him. He's going to fight for you. He's going to be there for you. But if you say, hey, God, I want money. I want money this week. He's going to say, okay. You want to choose money over myself? Okay. Okay. And he's hoping we go back to his word. He's hoping we go back to that time spent with him to say, no, no, no. I know. I, I can't. I wouldn't say the word. I know because we don't. But we can see from reading his word of just a tiny glimpse of how much that costs. And even as we go down, I think this is the point Paul is trying to shove into us. Uh, formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods, which is the money, the comparison, the jealousy, all this stuff. But now that, you are, now that you know God, or rather you are known by God. This is one of the verses that just stuck with me and rode with me the whole way home. But, rather, but now that you know God. And Paul kind of catches himself and is like, or rather you are known by God. Paul in Philippians 3.10, sorry, I didn't put this up there, but in Philippians 3.10, Paul, the person who wrote one-third of the New Testament, says, I wish to know Christ. I wish to know Christ. Paul, like the man, Paul, says, I wish to know Christ. So pounding into us the fact that no matter how much we think, hey, we got a grip on this. I got this. Right there, perfect. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him, In his death. That's amazing. For the man we idolize other than Jesus is Paul. And he's saying, hey, I would like to know Christ a little bit. Or should we rather strive for Christ to know our true hearts? Yes, it is true that no matter what, God loves you. God's there for you. But shouldn't we strive to know that Christ knows us from the bottom of our hearts? It is in, I want to say, oh, what is it? Hmm and I think it's Matthew 16, I want to say don't quote me, Matthew 16 where God says, they'll prophesy in my name they'll cast out demons in my name, but on judgment day they will come and I'll say I never knew them. I read that and I was like, no, 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 no no! like, I can't have that that's not not what I want, that's not what is on my schedule at all to step up to the gates of, of Jesus and gates of heaven and have Jesus look me in the face and say, hey dude I never knew you I knew you by Mike 14 Lowry, the Instagram of what you wanted to post, secret service, running, you know, all these little tiny things that were so fleeting, but I never truly knew you. So I stepped back and looked at the question, okay, God, how, how do you get to know me more? If, if you were so big and so vast, how is it possible that we have this intimate relationship? and stepped into that exact thing of I'm just going to spend enough time with God and I'm going to be so vulnerable with God and I'm going to step back and read the almighty power of God. I'm going to see the love and devotion and the patience he has with us through the whole New Testament, through the whole New Testament to say, okay, I'm going to let God know who I am. And although he knows how someone gets to know someone better is by spending time with them. And that just really brought me down to my knees and was just like, okay, I'm looking at these things as comparison, jealousy. I'm just really sitting in these things and it's like, okay, if I'm known by God, why do I care? If I look at this God who people couldn't even touch the mountain that he was, not even, his, a cloud descended to talk to Moses. And they're preparing two days to even, talk, to even see Moses talk to him. Keep in mind, the people at the bottom mountain don't talk to God. They see God come from a cloud, talk to Moses. And God says, by the way, if you're not Moses, don't touch that mountain, because you're going to die. And then I'm like, God, the Secret Service is pretty cool. You know, it's a pretty cool gig. I think, I think that's something I would want. And he just literally says, no, do you read my book? Do you read the spitting word of God? Like... Ever, if you believe that the Holy Spirit has come and resides in you and is a spirit of freedom and casts out every anxiety, every depression, every comparison, every jealousy, we have to rest upon the truth that who the sun sets free is free indeed. Like, we can't, there's no, it's not an argument. It's not like, yeah, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed, but like, what about my jealousy? What about that girl that like has this much more than me? What about that guy who got the job instead of me? What about that girl or that guy who got an A and I got a B on that test? We have to rest on those truths that it's a command that whoever Jesus sets free and is free indeed. And if you relate to Jesus, there's people who relate to Jesus so well, but really just don't have a grasp on the Holy Spirit. Spirit, And Jesus came and said in John 16:7 that he has to step aside. Jesus, the son of God, has to take a big step to the side and say, hey, peace out, guys. If you want any help right now, I gotta step aside so the advocate can come for you guys. I'm of no use right now. I have to go up to God so the advocate can come and dwell in you. He calls him the helper or the helpmate through every one of your issues. Jesus says, hey, I know, I know I've done things here, but if you guys really want an impact, I gotta be inside of you. The old old law was written on stone. I really got to be written on your hearts, guys, or it's going to make no impact at all. You're just going to still be under bondage. You're still going to be under these things that, again, make you come up to the front of heaven, and God says, hey, like, (laughs) this was all good and stuff. I'm really glad you protected the president or looked at counterfeit money, but I never knew you, dude. Like, you did this for all your own glory. And this whole entire thing is speaking on what are, those, what are those weak forces? What are those miserable forces that are just coming at you? And it's helpful to identify them. It's helpful to look at this and for me to look back and say, wow, I was going to find my identity in that and claim vocally, outwardly, no, like, you don't have possession over me. I used to say that all the time. I used to go out with friends. You go, hey, bro, trying to hang out? Like, yeah, that's a big crowd, though. You know, Mike, little anxious kid. But, like, Why? that has no control over me. If the Holy Spirit fully dwells in me, that has zero control over my life. My one step into that should be, yeah, I'm gonna go. Because my identity is in the son of God. I am a son of the God and he's given me this whole estate. So why am I chilling in the bathroom, frankly, where all the crap is? Why am I sitting in there when God's like, dude, just open the door, I got this whole estate for you. And we're like, ah, but this bathroom, it's pretty cozy. I got my towels, I got toilet paper, I got all this stuff. And God's like, open the door. I have a whole estate for you, man. There's freedom outside of this. Like, but my little door, man, come on. It's a nice little cozy boundaries here. And we just, God just is aching for us. He's telling us again and again, your spirit inside of you, that spirit that is dwelling inside of you, cries out, Daddy, please. Daddy, Daddy, just come help me, please. So that is the one thing I encourage you guys with and leave you guys with, is just be open to that fact. Be open and just let it travel down. The analogy is from your head to your heart. You may know it in your head, but let it get down so deep in your heart that you realize that that Old Testament God that we look back and we're like, is that still the same? Yeah, same God as yesterday, today, and in the future dwells in your guys' hearts, dwells in my heart. Heart, I have won. sorry. But we need to step into that and realize there's nothing in this world that is going to triumph or take victory over that spirit. And that should bring a whole sense of peace and relaxness to so much, saying, okay, if my full identity is in that I'm a son of God and I have an heir to Jesus Christ's estate, all right, depression's got nothing on me. Jealousy's got nothing on me. Sports got nothing on me. I'm a son of the living God. I'm a daughter of the living God. Okay, let's roll. Thank you, guys.